Hey everybody, welcome to Sex Actually Podcast. It's your boy Dave Neal. Hi everybody on the live stream, how's it going? Uh, This is a video solo episode. You know, I only do the video episodes when I have a guest. It's very strange for me to talk into a camera and a microphone alone. My dog doesn't know what the fuck I'm doing. But anyway, thank you all for joining me. Very special episode of the Sex Actually Podcast. You know, every once in a while... I just got to pull things in and go back to the roots of just talking to myself. I actually got a Snapchat message from a gal I'll call Beth. And she said, hey, I need more solo episodes. Because, uh, I don't know, I guess when I'm ranting by myself, I just pull up some dark things and some, you know, you know, we, we discover things together when we're alone. The dog's in here. He thinks I'm... The dog only comes into the kitchen when I'm cooking eggs, and he must have thought that I was cooking eggs. That's what they... The dogs are lovable, but only because they think that uh, they need to love you in order to get fed. But isn't that life? Isn't that what we all love for? To be fed emotionally, physically, to be pet, as it were? Anyhow, folks. Okay, so sometimes I blend my worlds. Uh, I do Bachelor Recaps, and I do this podcast about dating and relationships. And we're not doing that. I do stand-up every night. So I'm busy trying to spread some love here. The Bachelor Recaps are fun to do, but they're, it's also annoying. I have to watch hours of this show and just take notes on someone else's love life. It's very strange. Um, so if you've never watched my Bachelor Recaps, I don't... That's fine. You don't have to tune out here, but we're going to talk a little bit about The Bachelor. It's a show that it's on its 22nd season, and not many shows make it that far. Law and Order is probably the only show that's made it that far, but or you know, The Price is Right or some shit like that. But the reason it is still relevant is we do this thing. It's a social kind of psychological experiment. We take away the contestants' phones. You know, there's a bachelor. He gets to choose between 25 different women. And they start competing for him. And they start living in this world where he's their everything. They become obsessed. This happens in the real world under certain circumstances. Every relationship I've been in that ended with, like, real heartbreak, I became obsessed I became obsessed with needing it to work out. And when you do that, you brush away your own feelings. That's codependency 101. When you need something to work out so badly that you'll give up your happiness in pursuit of that love, it is beyond toxic. It happens every season of The Bachelor. But it happens in our world too. There's a reason we watch this train wreck of The Bachelor And it is because we see little pieces of ourselves in there. And it's easy to shit on them and make fun of them and be like, oh, geez, look at them crying and the waterworks and this and that. But we've all been there. We've all kind of put ourselves out there in this raw way. And and we weren't always accepted by the other party. And that sort of failure when you're putting yourself out there is so hard. I mean, with stand-up comedy... If I'm telling a true story on stage and it's like heartfelt and meaningful and it doesn't get the response I want, I'm fucking mad. I'm like, fuck you fucking assholes. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? So anyway, The Bachelor is just this crazy experiment. You know, I've probably recapped now four or five seasons of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. Um, A few things I've learned. I've never gotten more comments on my YouTube from uh, 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 people who watch The Bachelor. I mean, this community is insane. There's this group of people that watch my recaps. It was like a law firm in San Francisco, and they they took a video in the the room, uh, and they, uh, they took like a video of... 
of themselves watching my recaps. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know, but people want, they want to discuss it. It's so, because it's this through line that we all have. We all have this common friend, quote unquote, who is the bachelor who we're trying to watch succeed at love. It sounds super cheesy, but we have that in our real world. We want our friends to find that love and that passion and that camaraderie. And that's why it's so annoying when people are married and like, oh, you babe, you gotta, you know, they tell other couples, you gotta lock down, you gotta do this because they know that for them, it's nice to have a companion for the end of the world. By the way, because this is a solo episode, you guys have to get used to the fact that I'm going to be taking pauses to have a sip of my sparkling cranberry water, LaCroix. Uh, anyway, I'm going to read a few letters that people have written in, do a little advice, and we're just going to shoot the shit. It's been an interesting week for me. Speaking of The Bachelor, The Bachelor... Season finale, you know, we'll, we'll do spoilers. So if you haven't watched it and you want to, just to, don't, stop listening now. Okay, you ready? Spoilers. Here we go. Okay, you good? You done? You're not listening? If you're still listening and you don't want the spoilers, it's too late. So the bachelor gets down on his knee. First of all, he tells two women he loves them. That would, this would never happen in real life where the women would actually know that there's a choice being made. Usually it's like, you know, you date around till, um, it's like sowing your seed in the, in the farm. <laughs> <laughs> Always come up with the stupidest, you know, analogies. You sow your seed, and then you wait and see which roots take uh, root and which tree grows fastest. And you go, that's the apple tree. That's the big one. I'm going to take that one. And all the resources go to that one. In dating, it's the same thing. You know, you, you see multiple. I, th- I think the healthy thing to do is to see multiple people. I got a buddy named Josh, and he's like, dude, I'm so obsessed with this girl. I don't want to blow it. And my response to him was, Start dating other women. You're not cheating. It's, it's early on in the relationship. There's no defined this or that. It's that early fire building. And, and what you don't want to do is just blow on the fire. Like, no, fire's gone. You need to just breathe on it. It's just like a heartbeat. You need to feel. You need to add a little kindling. You need to add a little of this. You can't just throw gasoline on a spark. You can't do that. It's going to blow up in your face. You need to show it some love and gentle. And the way to do that is to not smother that one relationship you care about. Um, I know it sounds a little calculated or whatever, but I think the, the, if you can at least text a few other people, it'll take the pressure off from just needing that dopamine rush of that reply from that one person. So take my advice. If you like somebody... Find something else to do, whether it's texting another girl or doing a hobby or texting your buddy. Give yourself that conversation with somebody else so you don't put all of your like ding into that. And that we're, we're Pavlovian dogs here. Every time the, uh, the, you know, the, the iMessage goes off, every time that ding, you just hope that it shows their name and you're obsessed with hearing back from them. And then you're going to craft a witty reply. And then eventually... It's like, what are we doing? No, we need to get back to the old school way of just like not knowing everything about the other person's life. Let them wonder what fun things you're doing. It goes back and forth. Anyway, that's so important to an early relationship. So my buddy Josh, I was like, look, you just got to go text some other people. It doesn't mean you got to go find love in other places. Just don't smother this thing you think you might like. Because what we do when we don't have all the answers is we da- we paint them in the color we would like. And that's not always correct. So that's why our brain kind of manipulates situations. You go, oh, this is the dream girl for me. She's perfect. And I've done that. I've done that. Every relationship where I've like fallen hard, I've done the wifey thing with the girl. I've been like, oh, she, I can see wedding photos with this one. Oh, I, oh, her dad's a golfer. Oh, this will be great. We'll go golfing with her dad. This is amazing. 
she's you know it's always something so stupid and it's always like a like a physical like oh this one's good so chill out chill out anyway this episode of the bachelor this finale it's a three-hour episode and let me just tell you i mean he tells two different women he loves them and then he's got to pay the price of like figuring out which one it is he proposes to one you know, a week, couple weeks or a month later, he just, um, he doesn't feel like it's over with the other one. It's just insane. You know what I mean? It's insane. And, and to, be, to be honest, in real life, I, I'm real honest with you folks out there. In real life, I've never had a which girl do I choose moment. I haven't had it. Does this happen in real life? I mean, this guy was presented with so many opportunities so fast, he wasn't able to see the real route, the real, this is the one for me. He was just seeing three weeks of the best possible scenario with each girl. He was put into such fairy tale moments with every girl that who wouldn't want some of that? So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know if I've ever been that way where I'm t- torn. I'm certainly not now. I don't think of any past relationships. I think we all take inventory of our past relationships. Like, I, I feel like we all go, oh, I wonder what that would have been like if that thing worked out. And, you know, it's a butterfly effect. We go down one path and the other path disappears. What could have been is no longer. You know what I mean? I thought I loved a girl once. Maybe I did. I don't know. It's hard to say. But um, I left. I moved away. And I tried to come back and make things work. And her life moved on without me. And that forever changed the trajectory of my life. Um, In hindsight, I can tell you it was for the better. But who knows? You know what I mean? So for people out there wondering, like, am I making the right choice? Am I making the wrong choice? The choice has to come to you. The problem with The Bachelor is that there's a time crunch. Time crunches are never good. It's never good. The time crunch is never good. He has to make a decision. So he got down on his knee and proposed to the wrong girl. And that's a decision he's going to have to live with. It's a decision he made. But at the same time, what, uh, what was his other option? Do you know what I mean? Not proposing to either girl? I mean, he, he took a shot. He thought he made it. But he f- turns out they did the replay and he missed. So that's that. I mean, maybe I'll bring up some more Bachelor talk, but I don't know. We've got, I've got, actually got several, like, emails I need to get, get you know, I got to do some work with you folks. People have been writing in, and I haven't gotten back to you. And um, I love it when people write in. So let's call this girl, um, let's call her Brittany. Brittany wrote in. She goes, <laughs> and every email that ev- everyone always sends starts exactly the same way. Please don't mention my name or email or Instagram on your show because I would like to just stay anonymous to the world. I totally get it, Brittany. I totally get it. So let's see what Brittany, let's, uh, let's just read what she wrote. I hope the uh, live stream people can't see this. I have to, t- let me turn, let me do this. Let me turn the laptop around so you can't see. Because that would suck if I'm like, yeah, I won't share it with anybody. Then this goes viral. It won't go viral. Um, okay, she goes, I think I'm, okay, I think just writing this down will help me process. Probably too long for the podcast, so if you don't respond, I understand, but I do have some questions that I would love your feedback on. I dated a guy last year for eight months and felt hard for him. We broke up last May because we both weren't ready for more, sorry, I gotta like make this bigger. I'm trying to read this fucking shit and I can't see shit. I'm getting old. I got to like lean into the laptop. Okay, here we go. Uh, we brought, we weren't ready for more. The, it was more the timing of our relationship in both of our lives. Kind of, it sucked. Like, I'm trying to paraphrase because I don't know if that sentence makes sense. I'm taking care of a very sick family member and he was only divorced for a year. Or that's what I tell myself. Hold on. We broke up last May because we both weren't ready for more. 
for more the timing of our relationship in both of our lives. Okay, okay. last try, folks. We broke up last May because we both weren't ready for more. Period. There's no period. There's a dash. There should be a period. The timing of our relationship in both of our lives, kind worlds sucked. That doesn't make sense, Brittany. I'm taking care of a very sick family member, and he was only divorced for a year. Or that's what I tell myself. Uh, reality probably is he's just not that into me. I'd love to ask you why it ended, but that would require pages of details, and the answer would still probably be that he just isn't that into me. I mean, look, the answer is always that someone's just not into you, but it doesn't mean you don't want the reason why. He could just be not into you because of you, he could, but he could just be not into you because of him. But, yeah, that's it. If he was into you, he'd be with you. Let's continue. Uh, Was hardcore heartbroken and lonely since the breakup. In early December, I decided to try to move on. I was horny as hell and had some fun with a guy I just met. Turned Turned into a friends with benefits situation. I was extremely clear about what it was, and he agreed. Unfortunately, he later had illusions that it could be more of a relationship. I've explained that it won't be, and he agreed to keep on as friends with benefits. But the more I got to know him, the more I was not mentally attracted to him. When I'm horny, I want him for the sex. But afterwards, I was a little disappointed in myself because I know I'm just trying to fill the hole that my ex has left. Literally, a hole. You vagina. I also live in... I'm sorry. <laughs> You're very sweet. I also live an hour away from this guy, so even doing friends with benefits took a lot more effort. Lots of texting, sexting, and we saw each other once every 10 days or so. You know, that's what friends with benefits is. You're filling a hole. As long as you still are in search of other things, I think friends with benefits is okay. You just have to make sure like you're willing to keep um, your options open for you know, finding the next guy. And um, I think it's okay when you're getting over someone to hook up with the new people and this and that um, and get that companionship. Uh, so for the past week, I was feeling gross to myself that I was using this guy for sex and friendship when he might want more. But we had tickets to go to a game together, and I felt bad ditching. Even though I bought the tickets, so I figured I would just see where it went and what happened. I also have to admit there was some fear of breaking it off with him because he has sexy pictures of me, and if those got out, I could lose my job. Looking back, that fear makes me question if he ever was a friend, but anyhow. We hung out the day of the game, and when we we started to have sex, he tried to, to not use a condom. We already had this happen, and I gave it to him before and felt so mad at myself after for giving in. I had already explained all that, and he agreed to always use condoms, but then there he was trying not to again. I resisted, repeatedly explained myself, threatened to go home, but he just held on to me and kept touching me till I gave in. I was disappointed and a bit pissed, but horny as hell, and just wanted to enjoy the day. I had already driven the hour. I always went to him since I live with my aunt I take care of. We ended up having a fun day. That night of the game, we took some pictures of each other and together, and I asked him not to post any of me on his social media. I had taken a sick day at work to do this with him, so it was risky for me, but also posting picture, but also posting couple pictures on social media is a big deal for me. I didn't want him to post them. He could post the other pics, but not ones with me in them. He agreed, but then did exactly that. I was upset, started crying, and he said he would take down. He acted like he didn't get why... I was upset. I explained how he wasn't taking what I said seriously. He joked around about it and ended up not taking the picture down. What the fuck? He was obviously very proud of his post and kept checking his phone for likes. I was less relaxed with him for the rest of the game, but didn't want to leave since I paid for the tickets. I gotcha. So I stayed and cheered like crazy for my team. He could tell on my way home I was still upset and I explained again how I did what he asked, shaving down there, stuff and sex. Whoa, sexy pics, but he didn't do what I asked. He said that maybe I was making him feel used. 
I have been so fucking supportive of him in a bunch of ways, helping him with shit like I would with any friends, but he knows I'm not looking for a long-term relationship, so therefore he feels used, which I can understand, I guess. He also did shit like say that once he got in shape, I would lose him to a hotter girl. He said my Facebook profile pic wasn't good enough and went through my Instagram and tried to find a better one, but jokingly said there weren't any better ones. In a picture of a friend and I, he commented how hot she was. Just small shit that made me feel belittled. I had never been rude to him when I explained I didn't want a full relationship. He knew about my ex and how I just want to move on, but wasn't quite ready to yet. So I ended it with him this morning. But I'm wondering if I'm not aligned with the expectations of how a guy should act. He made me feel like my basic expectations were stupid. Glad this is all done. I learned so much about myself. Not comfortable doing sexy pics, even though they are so much fun. Not ready for any relationship right now. Not going to try friends with benefits again. Just want to take time to take care of myself. Thank you for reading. Curious as to what you think. Am I crazy? Crazy bitch, or did I just get myself in a messy situation? Thanks, Brittany. Not crazy at all. And I love, I love that you share this with me, Brittany, because I don't get to see into the woman's mind. I see this coercive, like the guy wants to go no condom with you, kind of like forces that in. And of course, what person in the world wouldn't prefer condomless sex? So clearly he's got that on his side and you gave in and you're not a weak person for that. It's not fair for him to do that to you. Can I understand a guy wanting to do that? Yes. Guys can want to do things that aren't legal. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't make it right. But just because it's not right doesn't mean I can't understand. So I do understand. I know guys are listening going, oh, jeez, fuck. I mean, do you think guys like consciously really enjoy pushing a girl's head down to blow them? No, but guys do that. We're, we've all been guilty of crazy shit like that because that's just like we, we're fighting biology. With that said... And don't get mad at me for saying we're fighting biology. That is what it is. In today's world, uh, you, you got to f- be on the right side of that fight. You got to know to listen to the other person, respect them, hear them. And he wasn't doing that. And, you know, you, you mentioned you had rejected him in, in his advances to be more than just friends with benefits. And sometimes the guy, I mean, in his defense, which isn't, you know, it's, it's not defensible what he did. He sounds like an asshole. He sounded like defensive and he took it out on you. So I wouldn't call yourself bitchy at all. I think you had expectations for him. He had expectations for you, and you both didn't meet them. Because even though you had clearly defined what you wanted out of the relationship, this happens all the time in the other way around, where you go, yo, just be friends with benefits. And then the girl falls for the guy, and the guy's like, I thought we had a contract. Well, this ain't law. You don't, the contract evolves. So even though you wanted friends with benefits, this guy wanted more. And instead of it just like ending because you didn't want the same thing, resentment builds or this or that, and he wanted to show you off. He wanted to hit on your friend because he's like, hey, if we're friends with benefits, fine. And, he, and, he, and it kind of becomes like this sociopathic, like, hey, I guess we're just friends with benefits. I can hit on your, your girl, whatever. And it's still not cool. Um, I guess the only way to do friends with benefits is to have these open conversations with each other in the moment. Say, pause. I told you no condom. I mean, sorry, pause. I told you condom. Of course I want to have raw sex with you, but I'm not going to do it. Listen to me. But guys, we're done. We go, yeah, but you f- I, f- I felt like you wanted it. Yes, everybody wants condomless sex. That's not the point. The point is you don't necessarily, you shouldn't necessarily have that if you're not in a safe like environment. And that's your choice to have it or to not. So he needs to step up the game. Um, I'm glad you're done with him. I'm glad you ended it with him. You felt a little bad for using him, but I think 
maybe you didn't feel so much bad for using them. You just felt bad because you weren't living up to like what your potential is with your body. Do you know what I mean? You can feel bad all you want for like, you know, you do, you do your sex, you do what you want, you set those terms, but, it, but also the sex doesn't always feel as good as if, if the end result is not with someone you love or even like as friends. It's called, we call it friends with benefits, right? But it sounds like he's not even your friend. <laughs> so it's like, guy I don't even really like or respect with benefits. It's like, is that a Canadian healthcare? Benefits. Anyway, Netflix and chill by yourself. I got a lot of dildos. You need a sex toy? <laughs> I'll send you a sex. Sorry, I'm not comfortable at all. For those people that are watching, thank you. Most people listen to this podcast on their phone iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, anywhere you want it, sexactuallypodcast.com. But I'd like to share it on the YouTube just because we have a lot of people that find us on the YouTube and they go, oh, I actually like this conversation we're having. I don't want it to end. Or I'll just hit the pause button. You're 21 minutes in or whatever. And just uh, download the rest for free on your phone and go listen in the car, do your laundry or do whatever you want to do. Heck, fuck, you can put us, put the Sex Actually podcast on while you have sex. Both partners get one of those dual like Bluetooth headsets. You both can listen to me while you come. Doesn't that sound fun? <laughs> no, not at all. All right, let's move on. So anyway, I wrote her back and I was like, oh yeah. And this was uh, about a month ago, actually. Sorry, I'm getting back to you so late. You wrote to me end of January. Whoops. I wrote back and I was like, oh, I love this. I'm going to respond through audio. I try to do all my responding on the show so I can like really let people know how I'm feeling. And then she responded Thanks so much for replying. Looking forward to hearing you talk about it on the podcast. Hearing a stranger talk about your dirty laundry is better than friends because you have no reason to sugarcoat your answer for me. I'm looking for a truthful perspective from a guy, and I love the authenticity you seem to have. Love the podcast for that reason. I live in a um, small town, blah, blah, blah. I won't say that. And yes, this whole thing taught me a lot about myself and did help me realize what I'm looking for in a guy and in life. Don't think I'll be doing casual sex for a while because it seems like it always ends up meaning more for one person. I hate hurting the guy's friends. Oh, sorry. I hate hurting the guy's feelings when I don't want more for, with them. It becomes a game instead of people just being honest. Thanks again for the reply, for the compliments, and for the perspective. Very much appreciated. Such a nice way to end my week. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, it's a nice way for me to talk to you. Uh, you know, sometimes we interview people in the flesh and we don't... Yeah, that conversation with the stranger is so valuable because I have nothing to gain from this, Brit, but I really do hope that, you know, in your journey, you realize, yeah, there's a balance there that you need to know that you're on this like, you know, seesaw with another person who's of the same sort of weight class, if you know what I mean. You can't overbear them with your emotions and or their emotions. It can't sustain itself if it's, you know, all of my issues and all of your issues. I battle with this all the time with Tasha and myself. I mean, we had a really, really, really tough week and we love each other. And there becomes crossroads where you have to go to, even with those you love, where you have to say, are we making this turn together or are we going to go our separate ways? Because once you go your separate ways, you might not come back together. And that's a scary thought for someone that you love. Now, Tasha and myself, we have communicated in ways that is so special to me because I think there are literally a hundred different times in our relationship where if we decided to fail on that communication, we wouldn't be together. But I look at all those right decisions we made that got us to where we are. Doesn't mean it's just decisions of us putting up with each other's shit sometimes, but it's also saying, look, I know you mean well. 
You still pissed me off. And I go, I know you mean well. You still pissed me off. I'm hurt. No, I'm hurt. And it's a bunch of, and it's like, well, who's going to repair each other's bonds but each other? That's why spirits, I believe, come together in this world for that long haul, for that journey. And when you resolve whatever the issue it is, you might go on your own way. This can happen with friends with benefits, short-time love partners, lifelong soulmates. It can happen with friends. It doesn't have to be sexual. But we find these spirits that are our anamkara, that, that, uh, that Gaelic Irish term that means soulmates, soul friends, friends for the end of the world. And it's that term of like, are you my ride or die or not? And this guy isn't your ride or die. And if you're not pursuing your ride or die, then what are you doing? And that's like with anyone with like a dead-end job or a job they don't love. I have a friend named Liz. She lives um, in Europe, and uh, we went to school together in Rhode Island, and we were messaging each other today. And she was like, yeah, like, you know, I got this job, and it's, you know, it's soul-sucking. So, so I started to write a screenplay to do something creative. And, and it's like that love and that, that breath of fresh air that you feel when you do something for yourself, that's what moves the world. That's what, that's what it's all about. So in, if you take that into dating, if you're not pursuing at least the chance of being with the best people around you, if, you don't want to, if it's not a relationship, then it's best friends. If you're surrounding yourself with shitty people and a shitty job, guess what? Law of attraction. You are too going to be shitty. You know, whenever I'm doing something I don't want to do, I'm the worst version of myself. But give me a girl I love, a job I love, passions I love, and the time flies by because you're not looking at the clock. You're enjoying your life. It's hard to do that with a friend with benefits. By all means, if you actually are friends with the person, then it's like, great, we get to come together. We can go to the arcade, whatever. We're friends with benefits. This wasn't a friend to you, Brittany. This was a guy where you guys both had a transaction, you tried to get what you wanted, and then at some point, it took a left turn. And you, of course, were recovering from a relationship too. So you both had baggage you brought to it, and you got the shitty answer from the shitty question. I'm not saying you asked a shitty question. I'm saying it was when shitty situations come together, it's going to produce a shitty outcome. The intentions there were not higher energy, which is fine. The, the actual true outcome here is that you realize that, and now you're on to that next level. You, so congratulations, Bernie. You, you've, um, you've, you've passed the level, and now you get to move on. And look, you're not going to find the guy that really is for you until you've passed all this bullshit behind you. You know what I mean? You're not going to be like, find that until you're like walking down the street, fucking enjoying life, and you go, oh, and those shackles are released. The uh, week I moved to New York City, it was in January, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago, whatever it was. Uh, yeah, it was a while ago. And um, I was going through a heartbreak, breakup. I lost like 10 pounds in a week, probably like less. I could not eat. I could not put food down. It was disgusting. And then I slowly like ate a sandwich after a week or two, maybe even three of just misery. And I, I, made, it to, I made a choice to get out of bed. And it sounds so simple and so small, but when life is that like, uh, you know, when, when there's so much riding on it, that that moment where you have to decide, you know, am I going to put pants on today? <laughs> it sounds so stupid, but like that's depression, folks. When the moment you say, you know, am I going to walk outside today and let the world, you know, beat itself onto my face, this cold, wet weather? Am I going to let my lips get chapped with the, you know, conditions of, of, the, of the city of New York? And then I go outside 
and I deal with it. And I eat a, I eat a sandwich. I had half a sandwich. I was still not hungry. But I had half a sandwich at one of those Pret-a-Manger, whatever that place is called. And then I go, I go into the subway to go home and a band is playing jazz band and therefore do 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 skip five five four or five guys full jazz band they're playing the frequency of that band went through my body and lifted up the burdens that I had it's not always that simple it's not always that euphoric but I'm telling you this years later I had this moment where the weight of this failed relationship and these failed expectations and all this bullshit blanketed on top of me like one of those lead blankets you wear at the dentist vanished gone and sure there was little aftershocks of sadness but from that moment on I did not walk home I fucking skipped you know what I mean? I was light on my feet, bouncing. I, I, I started going back to the gym. I started working on myself. I started feeding the inner Dave that needed the love. This girl who dumped me didn't need my love. I, I was crying for emptiness. There was, no, I mean, good for her. I'm ha- I, I want her to be well. There's no, it's not about her. So it's not about the ex or the person who fucked you up. It's about, it's about us feeding our own soul. Like, what can we do um, to really replenish the things that fuck us up in a relationship, the things that, that, that just drain our well, drain our well so far past you know what I mean? Like, it's at the end of a relationship that doesn't go well. It's not just dry. It's it's sealed up. You can't even accept the good that the world's giving you. So I'm telling you, you know, you ditch this friend with benefit. You ditch the things that just don't mean business to you. If a guy wants to take you on a date and he offers on the first date to just go to his place and watch Netflix, sorry, you say no. And by saying no, you're painting this boundary of what you allow into your world. And it doesn't, you can't hate the guy for wanting to fuck you without a condom. You know, you can just say, that's what you're all about, not listening to me. Well, this isn't foundation for love. And you move on. And as you slowly make the yes decisions in life, all of those no people are gone. Because all you've done is say all the things that you stand for, and people that don't stand for that don't stand with you, and that's it. I don't know. Make any sense? Will you guys please write in about this episode, sexactuallypodcast.gmail.com. Let me know if this makes sense. Anyone have any specific examples of times where they said no to something, to an idea, to a person, and it led to something better? I mean, we know it happens. Um, if there's good out there, and it, this can be even with a spouse or someone you're dating, you can say no, and it doesn't mean the relationship's over, but you can say no, I won't, de- I won't be, I'm, no, I'm not okay with you spending the night out, not texting or emailing, and just expecting me to go to lunch with you the next day. I'm, I'm not saying obsessively call or text me, just communicate. These are the ways I like to communicate. Is it reasonable? Are you both being reasonable? Set up that foundation, stick to it, and then don't accept anything less. Here's an email from, uh, let's, call him, uh, let's call him Broderick. We're going to call this guy Broderick. He said, hi, Tasha and Dave. I'm looking for some advice on a complex-ish situation with a girl I know. So we met last year when she had a boyfriend of three years, but they broke up and we became really good friends. High school graduation came around and she wanted to hang out with me, more than friends type of situation. 
We had a good few dates, but nothing serious. And since that summer, there's been a lot of drama about her ex being in her life, her trying to move on, etc. Nowadays, we're both busy in college. We go to two different schools two hours away, and she tells me she wants something more between than us being friends once she's emotionally ready. I don't want to wait around forever, but I do want this girl still. I feel like whenever we do spend time together, our vibe is amazing. But over text, we barely talk because we both are so busy. What should I do? Thanks, Broderick. Um... I think you should listen to the first part of this episode. <laughs> this is the, the, I, I never read this email before. I didn't screen this, but this is exactly what I'm talking about, where you got to go date other women. You owe it to yourself. If this girl, if this vibe is so amazing, she'll know that, and she'll date other guys, and she won't feel as good unless she's with you. But what you need to do is not be two hours away and wait for it. You know, of course, of course, um, long distance relationship is, is difficult. And this isn't even that. This is like long distance emotional connecting. So, yeah, keep that emotional connection, but go meet other people. The more different girls you meet, the more you will have this uh, three dimensional view of what you want right now. You don't see her flaws. You're two hours away. Plus, she still has this ex she's hanging on to. You can't falter for hanging on to an ex. But at the same time, dude. Like, she's hanging on to an ex. So next time, so, what, what, how, you know, she might need more time. And you sound young, which is totally cool. I mean, but she might need, like, oh, pfft, 10 years. Who knows? Maybe you got to go meet a bunch of other girls. You know, my girlfriend Tasha and I, we've been dating for four years. It's our four-year anniversary time of year. And, you know, we met years before we started dating. Um, we, we We became, like sort of friends, you know, we, we, we like respected each other. I felt a really good like vibe. There was like really good energy there, but I was pursuing something else. She was pursuing something else. A couple of years go by a lot of, um, sex and dating and other things happen. And then I come back and the situation is right. Not only do we have good vibe, but the situation is right. And that chick is my ride or die. And you have to understand that only comes when the situations are right and available and ready for you. And they're not right now. They're not right for so many reasons. You're in college. You don't live near each other. She has an ex. Those are three strikes, my friend. Any one of those would probably be enough to be like, I don't know. Maybe let her make the move. You know what I mean? And it sounds like she's not even texting. You're both busy. No one's too busy to not have texts. Tasha and I, when we were just friends, we would text each other from across the country. And you know what happened? We were friends, texting each other from across the country, kind of light flirting. You know what happened? I got a job in Los Angeles, and I was living in New York. And I said, I got to move across the country. And the first thing I thought was, oh, shit, I'm going to go after Tasha. <laughs> because it was right. And, and because I had a job to fall back on and other things to focus on, I didn't put too much pressure onto the relationship. And then after three to four months of me living in LA and I was on tour, you know, flying in and out of LA after three or four months of us kind of like being friends. I said, no, 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 no. We are more than friends. And sure. I was still getting turned down. I asked her on a date. She said, no, she was like, what? She was like, what? No, we can't do that. She was very, very gun shy about the fact of like losing a friend. I mean, geez, what the fuck Dave? We're good. And I was like, no, we're, we're good, but there's great. And, um, and boy, I don't regret that decision, but boy, it opened a new dimension to my world. Uh, one in which you can follow if you listen to the back episodes. You know what's interesting is like something, if you scroll all the way back, like episode three or four, uh, we had uh, Bobby Lee on the podcast from Mad TV. You know, you know Bobby Lee? 
And he was telling me, you know, how fucked I am because I was in the friend zone and she didn't like me and this and that. And what I've realized is girls are more complicated than that sometimes, you know? But if I pursued her years ago when she wasn't ready and when I wasn't ready, we probably would have burnt through each other's bullshit and it would have been over. But now we're really acknowledging each other's bullshit and we're, and we're handling it and we're, we're seeking help and we're loving with compassion. And that's something you got to do only once you've really found a lot about yourself. Let's do a couple more questions. We'll get out of here in a few minutes. I got shit to do. My car smells like gasoline, like gasoline. So I drove to a show last night, and as soon as I got in the car and turned the car on, it smelled like, it smelled less like the smell like if you're going to go mow the lawn and you spill gas on the tank. That's what it smelled like. And I was like, oh boy, this isn't good. And I was like, oh maybe I just drove. Maybe someone dumped gasoline out on the road, and uh, it's not my car. So I drove for 20 minutes, and then. I got out of the car and it reeked of gasoline. I was like, oh boy, this is how it ends. I'm going to blow up. So I Googled a few things and it's like, yeah, you're going to blow your car up. Uh, so I think I have a fuel line leak. So I'm going to go get that fixed after this, but I wanted to record this episode first. But that's what's so funny about living in Los Angeles is that I, I knew, I, I drove to Santa Monica, which in rush hour traffic would take an hour, but that time of night, late at night, it took 20 minutes. So I was like, ah, oh, I got to try to drive this car home because if I try to get it towed tomorrow or something, it's going to take forever. So my, my whole reasoning for potentially blowing myself up was like, oh, but the traffic's not bad right now. <laughs> so I, I literally turned the ignition on my car to start it back up again, not knowing if I was going to have to barrel roll out of it if it lit on flames. But I got it home. It reeks of gasoline. I'm bringing it to the mechanics to go get it fixed. Anyway, that's what I'm just sharing my life with you guys. It's not easy to do these solo episodes, I want you to know. I mean, I don't know if you guys listen to Bill Burr. He uh, he does uh, two episodes a week of him just ranting, and he's a fucking genius. But uh, it makes it look easy. It's not. Sometimes it's easy. You get, you get on a little high horse. You re- it's easy to read these questions people ask because then you have some like fodder to talk about. But when it's my personal life, I'm like, oh, I just want to put some headphones in and listen to music. I don't want to talk to you guys right now. Uh, but anyway, I know you do enjoy these solo ones. It's a different vibe. We also got some new album art coming in. I don't want to spoil it, but a buddy of mine is um, designing. I actually designed, I actually helped started um, the foundation of designing this album art of, for the podcast with a listener in Canada. And she's, um, she's always like active and, and writes in. She's super sweet. Um, and we, yeah, we came up with some really cool ideas. So I can't wait to share that with you. So go to the Sex Actually um, Instagram page. You'll start seeing all the album art there at Sex Actually Pod. I'm posting a lot more uh, like quick videos so you can see some of the guests that we have. Uh, I know, I know, I know. Ninety-nine percent of you listen to the audio only, but you know, let's be a little more interactive on the Instagram. Um, you know, tag some friends on there for fuck's sake. Tag some friends who are alive, want love, and don't want to take themselves too seriously because we'll have fun in the process. So why don't you tag some friends on the post and uh, let them know Dave sent you. Anyway, two questions. Get out of here. Number one, grabbing your ass. Do guys like their ass grabbed and pulled in hard? Do guys like their ass grabbed and pulled in hard during missionary? Like she's trying to get you you to go as deep as possible. Here's the thing. Yes, but also the second you pull a guy's ass and pull him in hard and make him go deeper, he's gonna come. So like, I think yeah, I think guys like that shit. But at the same time, you know, it's whenever a girl's like, babe, just don't, don't. Don't come yet. No. It's like, nope, too late. 
<laughs> I'm done. The second you tell me not to come, not only can guys not take direction, but the second you tell us to do something, we're like, no. I could literally have my jeans on and not even be turned on. And my girl was like, babe, don't come. I'll be like, oh, I just came in my pants. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? All right, one more, then we'll get out of here. We're at 40 minutes. This is something. Yeah, I really got to go. I gots to go. Let's read this one. Girls. Oh, this is, um, oh, this was uh, a question for girls, but I'm going to answer it. Do you mind if I answer this question for girls? Here we go. Girls, what would you think if a guy brought you back to his place but never made a move? It was her idea to want to cuddle up and watch a movie, so I, just, so I suggested my place. Literally, two nights in a row, we watched movies and cuddled, but I didn't try doing anything with her. We'd only been talking a few days, and I just didn't feel comfortable going there yet. Is it a coincidence that she's going cold on me the week after? I think collectively, everybody who is listening to this podcast just went, no, <laughs> it is not a coincidence. You blew it, man. Look, you blew it. You did. Okay. I'm not saying you shouldn't read her body language, but she went to your place, bro. You're cuddling. I think in some, in some ways in life, you, there are some assumptions that need to be made. You, de- you do need to assume that that is a date. I think it would be better. It would, it would be a little bit more clear to you if you defined it like, oh, this is a fun little date. You know what I mean? Like just define it in a way that, that you know. Sh- I mean, look, unless you're clearly in the friend zone, like clearly in the friend zone. And by that, I mean not a shot, like mall. Like is she talking to you about other dudes? If that's the scenario, then I would say, okay, maybe don't make a move, but let's assume that she's not talking about all the other dudes she's banging and that, um, she's flirty with you. It's important to make the assumption in the direction that you would like. So if you would like to be dating this girl, or if you'd like to be hooking up with her, assume that she's coming over for that. Now look for those signs. Is she getting next to you? Do you put your hand on her elbow and she puts her hand on your thigh? What kind of escalation is there? Um, I had this experience years ago where I met this girl. We weren't even really attracted to each other, but I think we both liked each other's bodies. It's kind of weird. So I guess we were attracted to each other, but we not in a way where we gave a shit about anything other than that night. And we never, I don't even think we ever kissed, but she would like gave me a massage and like, you know, started, you know, massaging me. And then I gave her one and we went back and forth like every five or 10 minutes. And it, you know, you slowly start working the lower back and then the ass and then you move to the knees, to the thighs. And then you got that, like, zone where I'm like, oh, she's not stopping. Like, you get that nonverbal um, confirmation there, the consent. And then, I, and then she's doing it to me. And she's, like, massaging my thighs. And, like, you know, like, massage my thighs, but then, like, the knuckles of her hands are, like, grazing my balls. And you're just like, holy fuck, this is ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? Like, ridiculous shit is going on. And... You, and, and it escalates, and like we, we never even kissed, but we knew to each other that we were what we were up to. And then it got to the place where we were gonna have sex, and it, this is actually funny, it's a true story. Uh, we were gonna have sex, and she goes, She was like, Oh, I only have Magnum condoms. Now, in my defense, she hadn't seen my dick yet, 
So fuck you for assuming that she was like, um, I ain't going to fit yours. And then in hindsight, I'm pretty sure Magnums aren't any bigger than normal condoms. I think it's a marketing game. Even if they were like a little bit bigger, I think I could have been okay. But the point is, is I was like, oh, okay. And I like didn't know what to do. And I, I kind of took it as a sign she didn't want to have sex. But I think, anyway, I blew it. She blew it. We didn't, we didn't, nothing happened. But we were like, at least I had the knowledge, you know, this is, well over a decade ago. At least I had the knowledge to be like, oh, um, I think she's into me. Um, we're do- touching each other. This is not what friends do. So, dude, you got to ask yourself, is this what friends do? Two nights in a row we watch movies and cuddled. Is that what friends do? No, nah, bro. That's not what friends do. Maybe in some circumstances, but like when you're cuddling, do you start stroking her forearm with your fingers? Because she, w- if she does want you, she will do, you know, pat you on the head. She'll do something. Does it escalate? You blew it, man. And then you edit it. You go, uh, people still, um, you know, she, he, he, uh, he, and then he said, this happened a few weeks ago. The day after the second night of cuddling, we were texting like usual. She even sent a cute good morning text the day after that. Out of nowhere, she did a complete 180 and ignored my reply. I have twice tried asking her out again, and both times she waited all day to tell me she was busy. Look, bro, yeah, another guy, you know what I mean? There's other dudes out there that are taking swings, and you went up there, and you left your bat on your shoulders, and you didn't take a swing. This, you have to, you have to know how you fucked this up in order for the next time that you don't let this ever happen again. Because you see guys, you ever see guys at the bar, you're like, oh, man, they're so, like, good at talking to women or they're so good at like showing that indicator that they're interested it's like well that guy i am sure of you has let a good thing pass and it haunts him and it could go the other way around when you let something go and the other person doesn't know your true intention it haunts you best advice i ever got was um in high school a guy used to work with i worked in construction so he was like twice my age he was like dude you never know what a girl wants to do unless you ask. And that was crazy to me because I you know, grew up Irish Catholic, super like guilty, never like had this, talk about sex or anything real. Like I, I never, and the internet wasn't even really around. And he's like, dude, you never know what a girl wants unless you ask. And while you were cuddling, I know it's super awkward, but isn't it less awkward to just throw some shit out there and be like, you know, this movie makes me, uh, you know, I don't know. Uh, you don't even have to say anything. It's just, you're mushed up next to somebody, you know? I don't know. Make it work. Make it work. Anyway, we just, uh, we just ended the live stream portion of the episode. So I think we're going to get out of here. But, man, this episode, like, sometimes I know when I need to do a solo episode. And I might be a little low energy to you folks. I don't know. But I'm just telling you right now, I need, I, I need you guys this week. Like, this was a tough one. This was a tough week for the relationship. Um, I say that not with a heavy heart. I say that from a, a real place of optimism. I mean, we really, we really had to square up and talk to each other. And we really, and that's something, you know, that's something that our generation has to figure out. How to man up and communicate. And that's something, you know, I'm, I'm just happy I'm not fucking Ari from The Bachelor, who he's got two chicks he's in love with. My, my, my complication, my situations are so much easier. I got one chick that I'm in love with, but I also have 
other loves like stand up and, you know, being creative. And sometimes the creative world that I live in is a, is a very loner environment. You know, sometimes it's really just me having to be out there on, on a mountain by myself, you know, whether it's the writing process or doing stand up, you know, on stage by myself, sometimes I just got to be alone. So it's about balancing. And it's, it's like talking to Tasha and saying, babe, I love you. I want to bring home the bacon for you. It's hard for me to say no to her. It's hard for me to choose, um, you know, something career-related over relationship-related. And that's part of the codependency that I have to work on. Am I okay? You know, it's one thing if, like, I got a gig, Tasha would understand. But there's these gray areas where, like, a lot of that, you know, iceberg under the water type of bullshit that I have to do for my career. And I have to just, I have to just you know, communicate to her in a way where I'm not letting her down. And that's the hardest part of my relationship is keeping that communication to a place where the other person's not disappointed. So how do you, how do you water your plant and take enough time to water the other plant and not uh, cast any shadows on them? It's about, um, it's about uh, growing side by side. And, uh, and that can be done. That can be done, but it takes a lot of conscious effort. And I know you, you could listen to this and be exhausted and go, dude, fuck it, just, buh. But that's how the wheels turn, folks. That's what, that's what makes, makes me, you know, think, you know, think, you know, talking about relationships and, you know, coming from a home that was sort of broken. You know, I came from a home, you know, my mom divorced my dad when she was pregnant with me. He was kind of like a you know, Vietnam vet, post-traumatic stress disorder, charming, but also very, very flawed. And my mom was young and she left him. She made this decision that she was going to have a better life for us. And eventually, over a decade later, she found my stepdad and, you know, they just celebrated their, God knows, you know, 18 year anniversary, whatever it is, something 20 years. Yeah. No, no, actually, no, 22 years. It's a, anyway, the point is, <laughs> what is the point? The point is, is that I've, I've just had this thirst for how complex yet simple dating and relationships can be. I mean, it's simple in the fact that it's X's and O's. You fill my well, I'll fill fill yours. But then you factor in um, how competitive we are with success and resentment and time management skills. And, and then you throw in social media. I mean, our generation is fucked. We got to really put the work in. But I'll tell you what. Our generation is not settling for, well, I'll marry you because you live on the same block as I do. That generation of the past, which works in some cases, but in some cases, you just get these angry guys just talking shit about their wives nonstop, and the wives are banging the mailman, and it's like, what world is that? At least our generation, for all the shit that we get, is searching for love and trying to find that partner. And that comes through different sources, online dating, um, Reddit comments, people just asking strangers questions and searching for help. I mean, we, we have really expanded our quote unquote like tribal circle here uh, to the point where now, I mean, the sap is, it's just insane. The, the kind of people that write in, I mean, th this has grown so much in 273 episodes. I just, all I can say folks is I'm so grateful for you guys. Um, again, you know, call to action, not asking for your money, not asking for too much. Slap, you know, a logo on the bumper of your car or don't, but get out there and subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe your cousin or your friend. Push the button on their phone. 
pull their phone over. You're in a car with four people listening. Get everyone to subscribe. They'll listen on their own time. They'll find it as they find it. But what's the harm? We're talking about dating and relationships. And honestly, look, I mean, there's other great resources out there, but there's only one Dave. This is it. So if you like me, do that for me, okay? Leave a leave a uh, uh, iTunes review. Here's what I'm going to do. I, just, I think this is what Tasha and I agreed on. We have all these sex toys to give away. So today is March what, 6th. So leave a review of the podcast on iTunes between now and the next week. Let's cut it off on March 15th. Leave a review, and we're going to give away a sex toy to somebody who left a review. I'll pick a random username, so whoever that is, they can email me, okay? So this is how you leave a review. And if you've already left a review, just update your review, and it'll show up as a new review or whatever, or leave it from a new... Uh, that, that's it. If you've already left a review, thank you. Now leave it from a new account, because here's what happens. I'm not... You know, I, you know I love my affirmations, and I love when people can, uh, you know, fluff up my asshole. But in this scenario, it's not about me. It's about the algorithm of iTunes. It's about getting enough eyes and ears, downloading this podcast and writing and talking about it to get it to a point where it, it you know, kicks up to the top level. And I'm not, I'm not backing down. My goal for 2018 is to um, grow this thing bigly, <laughs> as our president says, bigly. I'm trying to grow this thing bigly. So, uh, so, so leave a review on iTunes. Go into your iPhone, if you have one. Click on the podcast app. Search sex, actually. Click on the icon. Scroll down to say where, where it says reviews. Rate a review. You would give us a five star if you, if you feel so kind. Leave a quick blurb and say you want to win the sex toy. Okay? And then we'll send you one of our sex toys. I mean, these are nice sex toys. i got to be honest. I've, I've tried the vibrating cock ring. It's, uh, yeah, it's something. It's not, it's, it's, it's something, it's different, but it's there for you. You got to shave your, you know, the shaft area. You can't be, you can't be, uh, getting any hair stuck in that thing. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> would anyone pay if uh, Tasha and I, uh, shot a video? I'm kidding. We would not do that. I would, she wouldn't. She is not for, uh, live streaming the coitus as it were. Anyway, folks, thank you for supporting you know, all the tweets and Instagram, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to make this too long, but I appreciate it. For all my Bachelor recap fans that have listened, thank you so much. It is amazing how supportive you have been. To everybody else, you know what? Keep doing your best. Leave a comment. Send us an email, sexactuallypodcast at gmail.com. There's some complex issues going on out there. Let me know what's working right for you, what's wrong. If you have no, like, you know, dilemma happening right now. Give me a quick bio about your life. Where are you? You married? You divorced? How did that go? When did you lose your virginity? Um, you know, any STDs? Just you know, it's. I'm not going to say your name. So just do do yourself a solid and uh, write in. Anyway, folks, that's the episode. That's the solo episode for the month. Amazing, great interviews and chats coming up. I think our next one, I don't want to tease it. Uh, I'll tease it. The next one is with um, a world-renowned photographer who's traveled the world for uh, Nat Geo. And um, I think we're going to live stream that one Saturday morning. So if you go to the YouTube, Dave Neal YouTube, you'll see the live stream. Otherwise, just catch it after it launches. And um, that's going to be a fun talk. I love talking to people who travel the world. It's, you know, so amazing. Oh, and how about this? 
two of my friends, one from uh, Montreal and the other one from uh, Belgium, are going to be in the Midwest next month. And I can't wait to go see them. I'm so excited. I've been, we haven't been together in over a decade. I just, oh, guys, I just want to share the love that I have with all of you. The love that I have for those that I call my friends, that's what this world is all about. Uh, the love that I have that I can pick up my phone and just talk to my mom. That, it wasn't always that way. It wasn't always that way. For a long time, these people that I've let into my life, I wouldn't have. The love that I have that I can watch my nieces and nephews grow up through Facebook because I live across the country and I can watch my sister become a mom. These are the things that are important. So when you, you know, when we stress out about a gas line leak in our car and dumb shit like that, and we step in dog shit or, you know, we got sunburned or, or taxes or whatever it is, just remember, this is an extraordinary world we live in. Go smile to a stranger. Tell the ones you love how much you care about them. And don't forget to rate and review. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>